Here's the thing though. Welcome to another episode of our podcast, Here's the Thing Though. My name is Saliha and I'm your host for today. I'm here with my producer slash editor, Mitch Price. Hello. Before we begin, we'd like to acknowledge the Gadigal and Bidjigal people of the Eora Nation, who are the traditional owners of the land that we are recording on today. We'd like to pay our respects to all First Nations people past, present and future, and acknowledge that we're recording on stolen land and that sovereignty was never ceded. So Mitch, how are you? How's it going? I'm good. I'm happy. I feel like the the vibes are good. The vibes that we're recording in are nice. We um, have really impeccable vibes right now. It's it's. How are you? I'm a bit tired, okay. but like not in a bad way necessarily. Look, this is a really calming sort of setup that yeah, we have. Yeah, we've on. we're currently we're recording in my lounge room instead of like my study, and we're like sprawled on the couch, <laughs> like holding our microphones. I've got this really nice pink LED lighting. Just a vibe. And it's like 10 o'clock as well at night. So it's just like, we're just chilling. It's just nice. I'm and tell me, Saliho, why are we recording like this? Why why are the vibes so chill right now? Because today we are doing our Q&A special. Yeah. We thought it'd be nice to record a bonus episode after we hit 50 episodes because that's a pretty big milestone and we wanted to celebrate. And it's also just nice to like, just talk about stuff that isn't like doomsday related. <laughs> it's nice to just talk about ourselves and what we're up to. And I've, a few people have asked us, a few listeners have asked us as well to talk a bit more about our lives. So we'll do that today in this lovely special bonus episode where the vibes are good. And we're just going to answer some questions sent in by you lovely listeners. But anyway, before we get into all of that, how has your week been? What have you been up to? It's been good. I feel like, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm in between like trying to be more productive with my time, but then also just trying to enjoy a bit of time off. I've been just doing some, some reading, working on some personal projects, which I hope come to fruition in some way. But even if they don't, it's just fun to to be engaging with something. And, and who knows, it could become uh, some topics on, on later podcasts, but uh um, yeah, I don't know. I've just been trying to watch some movies. You and I, we saw Dune. Yeah, we saw Dune. The other day, which, which was... Uh, was Yeah, it was good. It was I good. mean, we obviously won't spoil anything. Although, by the time this episode comes out, I feel like most of you will have seen it. But uh, other than the, the Dune screening, how was, how was your week? Other than, you know... Yeah, it's been all usual. right. I don't think I've done much else, to be honest, because I've just been working in daytimes, which has been really chaotic, to be honest. Not necessarily in a bad way but just like I'm so used to autonomously working by myself at night like a little loner but like you know in a way it's good because I'm fully in control of my time and how it's used but then moving into daytimes obviously things like meetings and there's other people that you end up helping with tasks which I'm happy to do but I'm just not used to like not being in control of my time and I definitely have some control issues. So that is an adjustment for me. And it's Christmas soon. By the way, we're recording this on the uh, on the 14th. So by the time you hear this, it will be uh, Christmas in like a couple days. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we'll rec- we're recording this a week early. It's a little, little treat. But um, yeah, it's just, it's a bit chaotic. Christmas, everything is just stressing me out a bit. But like, 
not necessarily in a bad way, if that makes sense. Like, I'm fine. I'm not anxious. I'm just, there's just lots of things going on. Yeah, Christmas is always a, a stressful period, the holiday season. I feel like I have such mixed opinions and it's always such a stressful period. And I should I should know better. I've, I've been alive for enough Christmases <laughs> to know that I should start my shopping earlier. Uh, when will I learn? When will you You're learn? You're pretty organized. Yeah, for someone who doesn't celebrate Christmas, I fucking nail Christmas <laughs> every year. But I think I'm also just like, I'm a bit organized. I like having things done. I'm either doing things like 10 days after the due date or 10 days before the due date. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, I'm yeah. very, it's a bit, with Christmas, I'm super organized because I actually really love gift giving. So I love shopping. Whereas gift giving has always stressed me out. I just, just so much anxiety surrounding what to get, what to give. And then also... I'm not the best at um, receiving presents. In the like, you know, like I feel like I'm good. I gonna I put on a good performance, but it's just, oh, no, there's always something. <laughs> I uh, don't want to hear that. No, no, no. Your oh, your no. presents are always Suddenly great. Suddenly rethinks like every single time you've been excited about a gift that I've given. No, you. no, 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 no. But I'm just saying, you know, it, it's it's all this attention, and it, it, you have to. Yeah, I don't like the performance either. Yeah, because I also just like don't really have. This happened to me, like with Eid, which is obviously what I celebrate yearly. Like it's different to Christmas in the sense that we don't like give every single person a gift. Like I don't get my mum a gift. It's you just give people younger than you a gift, at least culturally for me. And so because I'm like the eldest, I don't really get Eid gifts anymore. Like I used to when I was little, but now I'm kind of the older one. I'm giving other kids gifts. So it's like, there's actually not a lot of situations in which I'm receiving gifts. Like I, mm. I definitely give more gifts than I receive. So it, it's a bit awkward receiving them. Like I just don't really know, like, as in I'm happy to receive it and I'm grateful, but I'm always like a bit paranoid about if my, if my performance is like believable, even though it's not a performance. So I'm just overthinking it. No, I get you. Yeah. But it, it, I mean, it's just such a strange tradition. You know, you, I just you, hate people watching me. These Some people, you see them once a year, which is Christmas time, and you have to, to get a gift to be like, hey, like, I know you're alive. Here's this. I hope <laughs> yes, you enjoy this, this pair is of Christmas socks. Christmas with you. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's just, just my family. Maybe. I was going to say, like, with Ethan, so I see my family all the time. Perhaps. Maybe it's just you. Anyways, on that note. How about we get into the Let's the into meat, the, the vegan meat of today's uh, episode? we got to get a new word that isn't meat. Mm. Let's get into the substance of today's episode. Okay, cool. So you lovely listeners sent us a bunch of questions to answer for this episode. And one of the first ones we got was, what was your journey into journalism? Which obviously is specific to me because Mitch doesn't study I don't journalism. do journalism, no. Well, Although you can talk a bit about what you study as well, if you'd like to. I guess so. I feel like we, we play sort of, sort of we're, we're, we're like journalists on this podcast, right? Is this journalism that we're I doing? Would, I would say it is, yes. As a actual journalist, I feel like I have the authority to bestow the journalism label on We're not really you. doing, oh, thank you. That's, <laughs> I was going to say, we're not really doing like firsthand investigation, but we're doing, but we're, we're curating, we're yeah. interpreting, we're journalism relaying. Isn't, isn't just like investigative and like no. breaking into a warehouse and spying on corporations to write expose articles. Like I just do that in my own time, but I don't write about <laughs> That's it. That's off the clock. Yeah. Um, but like, it's also just, yeah, it's totally just about curation and even just like talking about your personal experiences in a way that is accessible and gets like a story. I feel like it's storytelling and we definitely do a lot of storytelling on the podcast when we like talk about news stories or we like try and put 
you know, a new law into context. So I feel like what we do is journalism. Okay, I, I will play the role of this question asker. Okay. Tell me, well, when did the first spark of journalism start in your life? When, when, did, you, when did you think that that's something that maybe you'd want to do? Or may, when, when was it that you realized that that was a thing that people did? This sounds like I We're I've getting fully, real deep. Yeah. Look, um, sorry to be anticlimactic, but I did not dream of journalism. So, uh-huh. I, like when I was in high school- I had no, look, I had no idea what I wanted to do when I left high school and I don't know how kids do know what they want to do. Like some people are ambitious and I'm definitely not super ambitious as a person. So when I was finishing up high school, I was having an existential crisis because I had no career aspirations and I was like a good student. Like I, my grades were fine. They weren't like nineties, but they were fine. And I was just like, what do I do with my life? Because I wanted to go to uni and I just didn't know what I wanted to go to uni for. And I had a friend like three grades above me in high school who like mentored me earlier. And I was just kind of having a rant to her because she was really good to me during the HSC. And she was like, maybe you should try journalism. That's what I study. Like she went in and did journalism and law together. And she was like, you know, you're opinionated. Like you got things to say. Maybe you should consider journalism. I find it really fun. I really enjoy it. And I was like, okay. And like, I literally like just took her word for it and entered a journalism degree. So entered on a recommendation, had no aspirations of my own, didn't enjoy my degree very much for the first like year or two. I I wanted to, I was actually going to move into social work. I was going to do social work, Mm. which I'm glad I didn't because I have a friend, I have a few friends now that have done social work and all of them tell me how colonial it is and how like white supremacist it is. So, like, that's a slight tangent, but I'm actually really glad I never went into it because I don't think I could handle that. But, um, yeah, and then I, I fell into my degree, didn't love it at first, and then I interned in my third and final year of uni, and then I realized, wow, I could actually do this as a job. Like, I mean, in theory, it's so different. I feel like when I was studying it, I was enjoying it. Also, I did journalism at UNSW, which is a notoriously, like, not super good when it comes to journalism. Like, if you're doing it at UTS, it's way better, which is where I wanted to go originally and then didn't on a technicality, but that is another story. And just, yeah, it wasn't really good in that regard. But then when I actually started to intern and I was doing, like, practical work and seeing what the field was actually like, I was like, oh, this is something I am capable of. And, you know, a few of my imposter syndrome tendencies melted away a bit and then I graduated uni like earlier this year wow god that doesn't feel like earlier this year yeah wow it was like last wait, year wait 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 was it last year y- yeah 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 it was the beginning <laughs> it was the beginning of 2020 so that's almost two years ago no wait you did not do uni during the pandemic it was just that as the pandemic was beginning. I swear I graduated this year, though. Nah. Because I... No, because my graduation ceremony was delayed because of COVID. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, this is an on-the-air sort of reclarification. Hold on. I started uni in 2017, right? That's okay. That's one year. 2018 is two years. 2019 is three years. So oh, you're, yeah, you're right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> well, sorry about that. Yes. So, then I finished uni and... Then I, yeah, like my internship turned into a job for like two days a week. Although I still worked in retail like for a while mm. um, after, like for like, yeah, almost a year or about a year after I finished uni, I stayed in retail until I got my full-time job at Pedestrian, which I also just randomly applied to. I feel like I tend to do that. Like I just see something and I'm like, maybe I should do that. Maybe I should just try. 
And I typically don't have a lot of conviction or ambition. I just kind of fall into things. And then I actually got the pedestrian job, which I kind of wasn't expecting. And then I was like, oh, shit, I have a job now. And then I had, yeah. to, I, had to like, I had to leave my retail job, which I was actually kind of sad about because I, as much as I talk shit about like how I worked in Bondi, like I did enjoy it. I did enjoy working with my coworkers and stuff. So I was a bit sad to leave it because I was like, oh yeah, like I guess if I got the job, I have to like do all these things now that I didn't really account for. But yeah, so that was like the TLDR, except I ended up spending forever explaining my journey. But it was all, I feel like it was all pretty coincidental. Would you recommend this journey to others? What, what, what would you do differently if you were to, to recommend to a, an aspiring journalist uh, listening to this podcast now? Go to UTS. Yeah, don't go to UNSW. Don't do journalism, journalism at UNSW. If you're doing like PR, I imagine it's fine. But yeah. don't do like journalism at UNSW because all of it was theory and there was like no prac and I left UNE with like no um, actual skills. That you learn at either UTS or by doing a lot of internships. Cool. I'm pretty satisfied with that answer, <laughs> Sleha. Could you, uh, what's the next question? Well, did you want to talk about- Oh man, it's not nearly as interesting though. It was a little bit interesting. You changed degrees. I changed degrees. Okay. Well, my journey from student to still currently a student <laughs> is, uh, oh man, you know, when I was younger, I wanted to be, I got really into film probably when I was 14, which is a passion that has stayed with me since. And I think when I was young, it was like these ambitions of being- an editor or a writer or a director, even if they, in the back of my head, were, you know, like not something I'd, I'd actually pursue. Uh, and then I think as I approached the end of high school and into uni, I had this idea that I wanted to do something at least somewhat creative, but it's been repeated that I should do something that is, you know, uh, pragmatic and, and will actually build a career, hopefully by the end of my degree, instead of being like, a person that has gone to film school, not that I think that was ever really on the table, but instead of being that person, I can be something that is, uh, there's that, you know, there's something to my name. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm an accountant like, or yeah. I'm, uh, <laughs> You'd be a businessman. I'm a businessman. Corporate. So, which is why I chose a double degree of commerce. Disgusting. Yeah. Yucky. Uh, with a, a PR and advertising degree in media. Um, because I thought, and I, and I meet a lot of people who think the same way, people that are younger than me or all the same age who have this sort of creative tendency in high school, especially surrounding film. And you're like, you know what? I'm not going to go to film school. I'm not going to pursue that. But advertising, marketing is something where I can do something which my parents will uh, not think is like silly, but I'll actually have a, a, a real creative career. It's like middle ground. But then I think you do it and then you realize it's not quite like that. And then I think- is soulless. It's sort of, yeah. Um, and then I definitely, I think like my anti-capitalism while I was picking commerce was definitely growing. But I think the more I got into this side of things, the more I had zero interest in ever applying skills I've learned from commerce into, you know, my let alone my career, but just, you know, any facet of my life. So I dropped that to pick up a film major, but this time not making films like maybe I would have suspected when I was a kid, but I love writing about films and, and doing research and I love the academic side mm. of things. So that's where I'm at currently, just pursuing that research-focused academia sort of path so we'll be in uni for a long time but i'm pretty happy with where i'm at i feel like that definitely tracks even like with the podcast dynamic because i feel like i tend to talk a lot about lived experience and like 
personal kind of anecdotal stories and then you tend to come through with like the hard written evidence to back up what I'm mm. saying, which is like interesting. That's just our like dynamic anyway, but it tracks in like the careers that we both have chosen as well. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I totally get that. And I think between us, we get something, something a nice good. nice balance. Yeah. Well, anyways. I'll read the next question that we're answering today. We've got, how have your politics changed since starting the podcast? Which I think is a really good question, mm. by the way. I like that one. You, you'll have to go first because I think I'll need to think, ponder on that a bit more. Um, I think that my politics definitely have changed since we started the podcast. I think they're a lot less reactionary. I'm not as intense in like my takes sometimes. Like still Mm. extremely, like a lot of conviction, but I feel like they're a lot more balanced. I feel like I'm a lot more balanced in my thinking than I used to be. I feel like I was quite quick to fire up, which isn't a bad thing, but it would always be like, Maybe without the, I feel like I've become a bit more nuanced. Like I think about the bigger picture a bit more. And also importantly, probably one of the main ones is that I think I care a lot less about identity politics. I feel like when this podcast started, it was a huge part of the podcast. Like I was talking a lot about identity politics. And then as it's kind of evolved, we talk a lot more about bigger politics you know, we're not so much talking about the bachelorette anymore. We're talking about surveillance capitalism. Like, I feel like the the depth of our episodes has really changed over time. And I think it's because I just care less about things like that. Like, I think working in the media has really made me quite disillusioned with ideas of diversity and representation and kind of the pop culture side of politics. I think I talk about a lot less and I write about a lot less even as well. Like, even the takes that I write for pedestrian these days I was writing so many like Kylie Jenner takes and stuff and I like you know coming from a genuine passionate place and I just don't care as much anymore so I feel like my politics have definitely shifted to first of all I think they're a lot more grounded I think it's a lot more balanced I think it's less reactionary and I think there's a much bigger picture that I focus on now as well yeah look I think I would actually agree with you and I think I've been on a similar journey to you I think I think you phrased it well. I think like being sort of less reactionary is a significant part. And I think part of that is also after having done this for a while, almost like caring a little bit less about like not upsetting people. Cause I don't think we will ever say anything that will like, you know, upset people, but you know, saying stuff that maybe people won't necessarily agree with. I think especially starting out, there's a, there's a feeling. Uh, and, and it's not just that you're shifting your opinion, but because you're in this position, it changes what you believe in a way of like, I need to, uh, I need to think the right things in a way. Like I need to, yeah. on the podcast, you need to act like you have a lot of conviction, but in some ways you are thinking of the, the person on the other side and what they're going to think of you in this, mm. in this process. Yeah. There's a lot of negotiation internally with the podcast. Which I think is also part of, you know, the identity politics as well, because you're also thinking about, you're talking about identity politics, but then also you're thinking about, you know, the people on the other side who are also engaged in this identity politics and, and, and what's yeah, going on. Yeah, you're like, even when we're critiquing identity politics, we're also like still trying to be as politically correct and like playing into identity politics at the same time. Yeah. Because there's like a there's like a complicated negotiation between like wanting to critique a topic but not wanting to alienate other people that are interested in this topic, if that makes sense. That being said, I don't think that someone may be listening to an earlier episode, not that I've really revisited them, uh, and listening to me talk now would notice a significant difference. I think a lot of it has happened. In the background. In the background and maybe the frameworks I've approached some things with. And that's also 
largely predicated on uh, all of the uh, the the fields of of research and and, and writing I've been interested in recently, especially like like queer theory has been a really big one for me of just like rethinking the world and rethinking identity. And then when you rethink all that stuff, then even your your more systemic politics are going to change as well. I hope that in some ways, maybe when we started with identity politics, the, not that I think it's all conceptualized, you know, just as identity politics, what we talked about. But I hope in a way I've moved further left. You know, I've moved. I think of, we've moved further left. Yeah. I think when we started off, we're a bit more liberal like lower L liberal. Perhaps, yeah. I think, I mean, necessarily we were to be talking so much about some of the things we were talking about. Like, you know, when we talk about diversity, for example, I feel like I give a lot less fucks about like TV diversity now, which seems odd, right? Like, I think especially to the average person, if, especially if you've listened to the first few podcasts and then you've skipped and now you're here, you're going to be like, what the fuck? But in the sense that I feel like I was maybe putting all my eggs in one basket a little bit with like, believing that identity politics in the sense of diversity and representation on like on screen, for example, uh, is where politics lie, which I don't think so anymore. Like it's nice to have, for example, a woman of color lead in the bachelorette, but like, I no longer think that that is going to change any other politics systemically. Like I don't think that getting more desi women on TV is going to end racism. Does that make sense? For sure. Like, I feel like I was hinging so much. I was putting so much pressure on these things that, like, can exist separately to politics in a way. I mean, I know everything is political. I know race is always political. But I've stopped, like, conflating um, things like diversity, representation, TV characters, books, whatever, with, like, actual real-world politics and activism. I feel like the way I envision what these things are has changed. That being said, I also think it's almost a contradiction or maybe a bit of a paradox. But in some ways, I think I've become a bit more empathetic politically. So it's like... Me too, actually. Moving away from maybe liberal conceptions of empathy uh, in our, from like the earlier episodes. But then I think I've become more open to uh, different views of the world uh, mm. and, and different types of experiences, uh, which is, I think, also perhaps where our different sensibilities, like we discussed before, between your more firsthand sort of personal experience and my maybe more distant, cold-blooded, theoretical <laughs> side. It's not cold. No, no, it, it's not. But, you know, like, I, I, I like to think that we've, uh, in not only in, you know, our, our own lives uh, outside of the podcast, but also within the podcast sort of shaped each other a bit as a bit as well. Like some of the things that I've been researching and reading has sort of sh- shaped the way you, you view something. Oh, fully. As I actually well as think the other way that hey. my politics have changed heaps because of you, which I feel like people may be surprised about because I talk more on the podcast, but like... A lot of the conversations we have obviously don't make it to the podcast and we tend to talk a lot about something and then record a podcast where I'm now educated on the topic. But a lot of these things start off because you bring up something really random and I'm like, oh, that's cool. I don't know anything about that. And then you'll be like, oh, well, I read this random book by this random guy and this is what they say. And then like discussions will be born from that and then we have a conversation. So I actually think that like, I, it probably sounds like a lot of the politics on the podcast are just mine, which like makes sense that it sounds that way. But what a lot of the listeners don't really get is that we have heaps of combos in the background where a lot of, like, I mean, a lot of our podcast topic ideas are chosen by Mitch. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I feel like you make it politics in a way. Like for sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll bring an idea and then you are able to make it applicable to people. That's my journalism skill, exactly. baby. <laughs> I know, that's what I'm saying. So it's like... That's my skill. That's my degree. I know how to make a topic accessible. Exactly. Well, I, I certainly don't. Like, <laughs> that's, that's okay. That's I struggle that's with. That's okay. You do all the like... Like analytical heavy lifting yeah. and I translate it, which I feel like is a good dynamic. Okay, that sounds good. Let's move on to the next question. Yes. Someone has asked, and I was wondering when this would pop up eventually. Somebody asked for a Mitch Leha origin story. <laughs> also, <laughs> is that our ship name? Mitch Leha. Mitch Leha. No. Not the first ship name I would think of, to be honest. Mitch Leha. What, what, what would the other be? I don't know. Mo- Actually, Mo- now Leha? that I think about it, they're all pretty bad. Like, smitch. <laughs> no. Smitch. Sitch. No, smitch, they're all pretty sitch. bad. Maybe we yeah. just shouldn't have a ship name. <laughs> right. Um, but origin story. Um, Mitch and I met at uni. Yeah. I was a second-year student when he was a first-year student, so I'm actually 11 months older than Mitch. Surprise, surprise. And we met at, like, a random, like, ArtSoc event at UNSW, which, by the way, so random that you went to. Yes. Definitely the random. stars aligned a little bit because, I mean, I was, like, pretty involved. Not like I wasn't an ArtSoc, like, volunteer, but I was just, I used to go to a lot of events. Yeah, a little extrovert. Yeah, which I, so I'm not an extrovert anymore, but I used to be, especially first year uni. I was, like, going to heaps of parties and, like, talking to people and making friends. And I was at, like, a event that would happen, like, once a month. And I was going to be a camp leader, <laughs> lol, for the new Art Sock first years. And so I was going up to all the new faces and I was like, are you going to arts camp? And then I asked Mitch, who I didn't recognize, and he said no. So I was like, okay. <laughs> Talk to I'll stop talking to you. Literally, like, I was like, okay, and walked away. <laughs> <laughs> but then you just kind of came and sit with us anyway. Like, he just came and sat with me and my friends. I don't know why you did that, but okay. I'm glad you did. Well, he, well, here's the other side of the story. Here's, here's, here's my perspective. It, it was, I think, like, the first week or one of the first weeks of uni. Uni had literally just started, yeah. So, I felt like, you know, I've come out of high school. I'm a pretty introverted person. But this is what you're meant to do in uh, in university. You're meant to go to these social events and make friends. That's what you do. You put yourself in these situations which are designed to socialize. You know, it's designed to help you socialize with people. I'm like, okay. You know, that's what I'm meant to do. It was this idea. It's not what I want to do. Though I did, did want to this do This is it. what I think this, you need. This is what I think I'm meant to do. So, I didn't know anyone else going. So, I, I feel like with these things, people often, you know, will go with their friends. Yeah, that's ballsy. I would... Like, oh my God, my nightmare is going it. to an event where I don't know anyone. So, you know, I'm like, you know what? I don't know. Like, like, I that's crazy. I didn't even have uni that day. I think I, <laughs> I went out to uni. I you made literally the just came to uni. Just to, to, to socialize. I respect that. You know, yeah. Well, I, I respect I really my past respect self too. That I, because I could never. I think I would, I would still struggle with doing that. But, you know, I, I went there. And, you know, I think that's why I was also coming off a bit, uh, not intense. I don't think I was intense at all. But, you know, you were extremely quiet, actually. But being, you know, like, even while being quiet. Forward. Resisting that urge and and sitting with people. Yeah, I mean, you were, like, forward in the sense that you just, like, came and, like, sat next to us. And I was like, oh, it's that guy. And then, like, we just started talking. Well, actually, I talked the entire time. And Mitch said, like, four words. Yeah. (laughs) 
but which honestly is pretty implied with I meet a lot of people that way so yeah we like talked a lot and my friend that Mitch was like it was three of us she just like gossiped the fuck out of every single person at this event um which is exciting for me because you know you just got all the tea instantly didn't even earn it just like was given all this like very spicy gossip on a silver platter which was fine like we were having a good time and then afterwards, she was kind of like, oh, fuck. Like, I just told that guy. This mysterious man. So many things. So many. Like, he, oh, my God. You know, she was given very intimate uh, details about certain people. Um, Which, just to clarify, it was exciting to hear, but it also scared me. It terrified me because I was like, oh, is this what university is? Is like, this what girls talk about? The, the, these gossiping circles. Like in, in a year's time, gossipy. am I going to be on the other side of this gossip? Is it going to be people talking about these things, but about me? Uh, I feel like I've also just never gossiped as much as I did that day. Right. So it was like, you yeah. also just happened to show up at a bad time. No, I don't think it, was re- <laughs> it has not at all been reflective of my university experience. And maybe that's just because of the circles I uh, associate with. I, I mean, I loved being in those corners. It was never my gossip. It was just, I enjoyed listening to gossip. And this friend was like, fantastic for, <laughs> for if you wanted to listen to gossip. So Mitch had an entertaining night, I'm sure. Um, and then afterwards, she just like immediately regretted telling Mitch like her entire database of information and she was like to me you need to befriend that guy because what if he becomes friends with you the need other to guys neutralize him yeah you need to like neutralize the situation asap and i was like i can do that <laughs> like sure this seems pretty dire like she's a bit stressed i can befriend this random guy so that he doesn't spill your secrets that's fine i can do that as a good friend and so i hit up mitch and i'm like hi like When's your break? Let's hang out. <laughs> and I was like, ooh, a friend. <laughs> I've made a friend successfully. You made, yeah. Was that your first uni friend? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, like the friends you make in shoots never really become yeah, not the same. friends most of the time. I don't think I've got any like close friends that I made in shoots. But um, yeah, so that's kind of how we met. And then like we just became really good friends because we would like talk all the time. I, I just, I feel like we got really close. We just kind yeah. of got really close. And it was like pretty random as well. It was a bit unplanned. Like I didn't expect to get as close to Mitch as I did. I'm also a chronic oversharer, which I imagine helped a bit. Mm. And Mitch is a good listener, which means, which is really bad for me because I don't need to be encouraged. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I would just like trauma dump and tell him like my whole life story <laughs> and he would just like i don't even think you got a word in like the first three times we hung out yeah yeah well you know like i mean i like listening and i feel like if, if anything you know a person who who likes to share should be paired with someone who likes to listen well that's why we work out quite well because i like i often feel quite insecure about oversharing and being such a talker but i feel like you're pretty receptive yeah i mean especially like i mean at the beginning it was like asymmetrical not in a bad way but you know i think that's just the dynamic we had but you know increasingly the and more, it's, more not, it's fine now i feel like we we talk equal it's, it's amounts pretty, it's now. pretty equal yeah but um it took us a the while podcast to get is not reflective I, I don't think yeah mitch actually talks a lot <laughs> yeah offline sure <laughs> but yeah that's kind of how we met and then we just became really close friends and then like after like a few months of being really close we ended up dating and now we've been together for three years yeah so i hope that was a uh, a uh, satisfactory. I feel like that was account. That was, I mean, the Mitch Lehigh origin story. Yeah, that was that. Like I said, that got to like the main points. Yeah, 
Okay, I'm happy with that. Hit me with the with the next question. How did you and Mitch come to make the pod? You being me, obviously. It was actually Mitch's idea. Yes. Yeah. Well, man, I feel like like I, th- I think it's an idea that we've been you know back in I think. 20 probably even 2019 but i mean it started in 2020 but for for ages I we think were talking been, about it in 2019 the idea yeah. and i could just see you as someone that could do a podcast especially with your presence in the facebook groups which i think uh you developed a bit of a i don't want to say a small following but people who knew who you were you were very prevalent in these groups yeah like i said which we talked about never shut in, the fuck uh, up in previous podcasts and i think some people were saying, hey, I'd like follow you or listen to you. And, you know, just all these little things here and there. And I think it was mostly me who not only just wanted to support you, but I just thought that sounded like a lot of fun, especially because I'm, uh, I think, uh, at least have a little bit of expertise in the in the technical side of things. And it's just You do, because like, I have zero and there wouldn't be a podcast yes. if you didn't. <laughs> uh, so that just seemed like a fun thing to do for me to not only uh, strengthen yeah. those skills, but also just to have fun with it. And I think, yeah, it was mostly me that sort you of put it together for and a while, sort of pushed to do I, it. I resisted for a bit just because I was quite insecure about like, I was like, who would want to listen to me talk? Like, I just feel like a narcissist. And I'm already insecure about how much I talk and I'm already insecure about sounding like a narcissist. So this seems like a nightmare. But yeah, like people were showing an interest. And then like I made my Instagram account where a lot of people who I used to talk to on Facebook kind of migrated over there to chat to me. My Instagram account started off as like bachelor commentary, which might sound surprising. (laughs) Uh, That's the Instagram origin story. And then, yeah, people were just like, Like, it kind of blew up overnight. Like, one day I put up a post about racism on The Bachelor that just, it blew up. The Instagram got really popular. And Mitch was like, this is your moment. Take it. Yeah. Because we've been talking about it for a while. Yeah. Like, it was was a bit of a back and forth for ages. And Mitch was like, we should do this. And he kept kind of bringing it up. And I kept kind of being like, I don't know. When's the right time? You know, just like, not saying no, but not being sure. And then, yeah, after the Instagram started to get really popular, Mitch was just like, this is like, you have a moment right now where like, I don't want to say 15 minutes of fame, but like, you know, you're in the spotlight for a second. You should like take this opportunity to start this project that we wanted for a while while you got momentum. And I was like, you know what? Okay, like, let's do it. And then we just like started and Mitch just like figured out all the tech stuff because like, I don't do any of the podcast editing. I don't do any of the sound stuff. I literally just talk into the microphone and Mitch does the rest I didn't even buy the microphone. Mitch bought the microphone. (laughs) (laughs) I could not tell you what model this microphone is, but Mitch was ready with like the technical skills, Mm. Um, which was also something I was super worried about because I was like, this just seems too complicated. Like, I don't know what the fuck we would be. Like, how do you even start a podcast? Like, where do we even start? Um, And it was, I feel like, you know, in the beginning, like we struggled a bit in the sense, well, at least I struggled a bit with like structuring one and we're used to it now. Especially now that Mitch talks more in the podcast, but in the early days, it was like pretty much exclusively me talking and it was way Which harder. was intentional as well. I yeah, think. like it was, I think we weren't planning for it to be as like back and forth as it is now. Like it was yeah. meant to be more of a monologue. The episodes were much shorter. We'd almost scripted out like word for word. I, I can't at least believe in the we early do episodes, that. Which not only like, in some ways it makes it easier, but in other ways it takes a lot of preparation. And I don't even know like how interesting well, that is to like listen I'm to. I sound like I'm reading in half of my, like it, in the early podcast, there are definitely bits where I just sound like I'm reading It can a be a bit like manic as well, just because, I don't know, I, I, I like the more conversational tone that we've 
over the 50 episodes. What a crazy thing to say. You'd think you'd fucking hope by now yeah. <laughs> that we've got a dynamic going. But I also think in some ways I uh, listen to more more podcasts than you. So I was just oh, trying you to- do. I- like, full disclosure, I don't really listen to podcasts. I listen yeah. to You're Wrong About, which I love, and it's the only podcast that I really... I used to listen to Bob and Flex a bit. I still listen to Shameless a bit. And then I kind of just stopped. Not for, like, not because of like them. I just kind of stopped listening to podcasts altogether, and then I just wasn't into any of them. And then You're Wrong About got me back into podcasts. But even then, I listen to a podcast, like, maybe once a month, maybe once every yeah like every now and then there'll be a week where i listen to like three you're wrong about episodes and then i just drop off for like six months yeah i mean i listen to podcasts on the drive from from yours to my house and so i feel like i had an idea of like how to structure a podcast and i think a lot of the ways that this podcast is structured is sort of like those podcasts specifically and i think it's been one of the best additions to to the show and uh, an increasingly lengthy edition is like our follow-up section which is yes that was your idea and it was such a good one yeah which is the idea i got from this podcast one of the podcasts i listen to religiously is uh, is called script notes which is about like screenwriting even though i don't do that it's a very interesting podcast and they have follow-up every week and it just makes you know like there are just it just makes it so cohesive you know because you can follow up on things that happened beforehand you can clarify your thoughts which i think is incredibly important for this podcast where things are constantly changing and our opinions are constantly changing where we can talk about something one week or a month ago and then when we have a new thought or a new piece of news comes up we have that space where we can mm. continue that discussion re-clarify change or just reaffirm yeah like when saying. we need to retract our support for lush yeah exactly <laughs> that's what follow-ups are really useful for but you know like our follow-ups i mean firstly our, our episodes used to be like 30 to 40 minutes can you sometimes. believe that we would like it'd be thirty minutes, and I would have like scripted it the fuck down as well. Yeah. And it's just and now we like no script talking, and it's been an hour and fifteen minutes, and we're like, oh my god, how did we get here? Even yeah. now, we've actually been recording for ages, which was not expected. No, no, we'll have to move on to the next question soon. But, yeah, <laughs> but follow up used to be like a few minutes, and now sometimes it takes half an hour, which is probably too long. But. I like it. So, I mean, that's how the podcast started. Anyway, let's move on to our next question because we just keep on talking, you and I. Uh, I've got over here, have you learned a lot about each other through this? And by this, we mean the podcast. Hmm. You know, like I was thinking about this before while we were setting up the doc and I, I feel like it has just reaffirmed things for me about you, but I don't know how much, how much I've, I've learned about you. I feel like, like new things. How much new things? Yeah, I feel like you've changed. Like we've discussed over the course of the podcast, but I feel like I don't know how much of that I learned through the podcast. But I feel like the podcast is an interesting space where you have to you have to speak and you have to clarify your thoughts on things, and so it uh, it, it is, is interesting because it's just like an object where I can see the change and like and I can see changes that you're undergoing very clearly. Mm. But I don't know if if I learned that much about you, if that makes sense. I feel like I learned about you, yeah. but maybe not in the way. I'm not sure specifically what the question is asking. But maybe we're not on the same page about this. Or well, it's more like I don't know if I learned new facts about you, but I feel like I've learned more about your personality and right. you know the things that you're confident about. Like the interesting thing about a podcast is like I'm I'm looking at Mitch when I'm talking, when I'm talking to this microphone. 
And it's really fascinating, like watching you start to talk about something and maybe you're a bit unsure. Like it's always a bit unsteady when we start and then you like get into the flow of it and you'll just light up when you start talking about things that you're interested in. And it's been, yeah, like I feel like I have learned a lot about you just by like your speaking style and like Mm. what it's like because the podcast gives a very specific space um, where you can kind of talk for a long time, uninterrupted, in this really structured way about a thing that you care about and you're passionate about that we may we might not be having conversations about. You know, like especially the more academic stuff that we talk about in the podcast. And I like I learn a lot about you in that regard because I don't actually see you in that mode mm. super often. It's different conversationally. And it's I mean, I really enjoy it. It's nice to see you like especially because I mean, you guys don't know, but Mitch is often quiet. But then, like, every now and then, there'll be, like, a thing we talk about on the podcast where, like, you're just in your element. You've, like, researched the fuck out of this. It's, like, a niche interest of yours that, like, otherwise may not come up in conversation. And, like, those are things that are actually quite new for me. It's, like, things that I – there's a lot of moments like that that I had never seen before the podcast. So, yeah, I feel like I did learn new things about your mannerisms and, right. like, the way you talk about things. And, like, your thought processes, a lot of your politics – a lot of your politics I learned through the podcast. There are definitely lots of like political topics we covered that I like. We probably wouldn't have talked about otherwise, and I didn't really. I feel like especially times we've disagreed on the podcast, which don't have to be like controversial disagreements, but just random times that I've said something and you're like, oh, I don't know about that, or or you've said something and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I disagree with that or whatever. Like a lot of those happen live, and I actually didn't know that you think those things, and that's they're not good or bad, but it's just interesting. Like I yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. learn. All the time, like just through conversation. Yeah, I feel like I do learn about you. I think also it makes sense that I learn a lot more about you, but you, your visions of me are reaffirmed because I generally talk a lot anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas there are a lot of times where the conversations you're having on the podcast, that's the only time you're having them. Our final like kind of long questions before we're going to do a really quick rapid fire and then we're going to be done. But the final long question I have is what have you learned the most during the podcast? Oh man, I think there. I could answer this in sort of two ways. Uh, one is about making the podcast and like maybe the more technical side, and then maybe the other one is about performing or I guess speaking on the podcast. So I'll start with the first, which is just so much about audio. Fucking, it's ridiculous how complicated this shit is, and like because I <laughs> yeah, would it looks make complicated. I would make sort of shitty short films with my friends in, in high school. And you'd think that video would be more complicated, but uh, I mean, maybe you wouldn't, but I, I would think it would be more complicated, but Jesus, audio is just, it's a whole different thing. And if you listen to the earlier episodes, there was just sort of some consistent issues, which were causing me so much strife and we just couldn't fix them. We'd have to leave them in the podcast, which would just make me feel awful and we eventually fixed them and maybe I need to make a little troubleshooting YouTube video about <laughs> about how to make a podcast and if this and how to solve this issue because it was something that was just stressing me out. But I feel like it's okay now. We we figured out the flow and I hope I think you've learned a lot. When I'm it just comes saying to I, I hope this doesn't all fall apart this episode. I don't accidentally delete <laughs> break my computer because that'd be very ironic. Surely I can put podcast production on my resume now. You can. I reckon you can. And then in terms of making the podcast or, or, or speaking on it and, and shaping it, I think something I've learned and something I'm still working on, to be uh, very frank, is I like on this podcast that I don't think we water ideas down too much. I, I think like we always go to as high of a level as we can, as we know, 
which depends on the subject. But then I think sometimes I can struggle uh, with making it accessible, which is not so much a reflection of uh, how difficult the ideas are, but maybe how much you understand them. Because I think it's true that if you really understand an idea, you can explain it very simply. You could explain it to a five-year-old. That's how you know if you're an expert on the subject. And I think I'm trying to find that balance. And I think that's a skill I've really, hopefully improved on through this podcast in taking something where the way I've been reading and researching it, I only know how to explain it with this really jargony uh, sort of dense language that really doesn't make sense to many people and fair enough. And hopefully I can try and translate that into something which is accessible to people who maybe don't even really care that much, where maybe they just need to take a little bit of this idea, but they don't want to invest themselves in this whole thing. And I think sometimes I would struggle before, perhaps because I didn't know the ideas as well as I thought I did, where I know how to explain them in the language that was provided to me, but don't know how to translate that into uh, something that is more usable, which is really what the role of a journalist is. And I think yeah. you're really good at that and it makes sense why you're really good at that because that's like, I mean, what you study to do and what you do in, in your job, you take these things which are complicated uh, and tumultuous and you make them sort of fun and, and, and easy, which is a skill that I think I've tried to pick up from you. I've even noticed that in my own writing. I think when you want to sound smart, there's often an urge to maybe explain things in a way in language that is more verbose than completely necessary. But I think what's actually appears smartest is when you can explain something sort of concisely and beautifully and in, and engaging. It's not about uh, confounding yeah. your reader or listener. I it's think about that a lot impressing of- them with the ideas. It's about having confidence that the ideas are good, not yeah. just the way you express them. I think that a lot of writers, and you can tell when they read when you read their work, like take pride in like being inaccessible because it's like a snobby thing. I could make this easier, but I won't because I only want a certain class of people to even be reading my work in the first place because these people will appreciate how smart I am. And I hate that shit. Like I've definitely at times, you know, people have told me, especially like in writing, that my writing sometimes can be a bit too casual or that, you know, like, I don't know, too conversational, too much slang, whatever. Uh, I definitely, you know, sometimes feel insecure about how many times I say things like like and whatever and that kind of language. But also, honestly, don't give that much of a fuck because it's because I speak this way that people understand what I talk about. And honestly, not to insult Mitch, but fuck academia at times, which is a controversial opinion of mine that Mitch disagrees with. Maybe that's a podcast episode on academia. Honestly, I could talk forever about it. uh, I agree with you, but I also... It's more complicated than that. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Yeah, I admit that I'm being reductionistic. But I definitely have, like, annoyances towards things that are, like, pretentious and, like, overly difficult because I feel that they alienate people that genuinely want to care about stuff. And I want things to be accessible, which, yeah, is, I mean, a big part of what we do at the podcast, right? And in terms of what I learnt the most during the podcast. I don't know if I can pinpoint like one thing, but I think the podcast itself is just a massive learning curve about everything. I've learned so much just information, like all the times we've done an episode, I've had to go and Google stuff and learn stuff, which is actually my favorite thing about the podcast. My favorite thing about the podcast is that it keeps me sharp because people will ask us questions. Can you talk about this? So I will learn more about that. And we'll like go and Google it and learn something. And I feel like, especially now that I'm not at uni anymore, things can get a bit stagnant. My conversations can get a bit stagnant. I run out of things to talk about. 
I'm not always up to date on what's happening and I love the podcast because it forces me to be learning all the time. Yes, I think that's really important. Uh, I think it's important to be, you know, a lifelong learner that, you know, learning shouldn't stop when you're out of school. And I imagine if you're listening to this podcast, like surely- Well, people who listen to podcasts are lifelong learners. consider yourself, yeah, to be a lifelong learner. Um, Yeah. Yeah, and that's definitely the the most fun part of the podcast. It's like, you know, one week we talk about eco-fascism. Okay, well, let's like see whether the current research is at in this topic. Yeah, we'll just just Google eco-fascism. Yeah. Oh, not even that. And then also, I mean, that's one reason why I think I love being at university is is access to all of of, of these journals yeah it's what i missed about university off, uh where i can get into like where is like what is the state of research in this field like let me let me get a glimpse and then maybe i can discuss that on the podcast but yeah like that's the best part yeah and then like i feel like i'm always learning right in the podcast i don't know what i learn the most but i feel like i've also learned a lot about myself on the podcast too you know in like quite a self-reflective way because i definitely started off the podcast way more insecure than I am now. I think the podcast like really taught me to have more conviction in myself and a bit more confidence because it was always, I feel like especially in some of the earlier episodes, which I don't think it comes through, like you probably can't tell when you listen or maybe you can, I don't know. I don't know how transparent I am, but I would get so much anxiety the day that an episode was uploaded because I wasn't I was always just ready to be criticized and like terrified that you're going to disagree with me and then I'm going to like have to issue a correction. And I was just so worried about other people's perceptions and like being wrong. And I feel like honestly, one of my favorite things I've learned, not specific even to the podcast, but just in journalism is that I've learned how to be wrong. Mm. And that's really important because being afraid of like failing and being wrong is something that has held me back like my whole life. And there are so many opportunities that I've not taken and things that I've not done because I'm afraid of just not doing it well. So I'm not going to do it at all. And the podcast has been so amazing in the sense that I feel like I've really built my confidence because we just kind of threw ourselves in the deep end, figured this thing out. Like sometimes we got shit wrong. Like I've had to make corrections and we've had to like apologize for things that we've gotten wrong. And that's like actually really important because that's something I was so scared of, like this fear of like a mass cancellation or whatever. And now I'm kind of like, oh, like I can have opinions and they can be wrong. And that doesn't mean I'm dumb or a bad person. Yeah. And learning to just learn and like make mistakes and do them and not like suffer for them is actually like a really important learning curve. And I need it, especially now in journalism, like you got to have a thick skin. I mean, I've talked a lot about trolling and stuff. And yeah, sometimes you get things wrong, like especially when you work in journalism and you get two fucking hours to write an opinion piece, like every now and then you're going to be wrong. Not everything you say is going to hit the mark. And like being wrong isn't like a moral reflection of you and it's not like something you should be ashamed of. You can just be like, yeah, I fucked up. (laughs) That was something that I was wrong about and that doesn't mean that everything I've ever said is wrong. That's been a big one for me. I feel like that's probably the thing that is most important to me with like just my personal development and what I've learned about the world and myself and the podcast is like you can just say things and sometimes they're wrong and that's fine and you'll learn. You can be wrong. All right, let's finish this episode up with our rapid, quick-fire questions. Yes, we've got... No thinking, just no thinking. answering. Okay. We've got four of them. We've got four. Okay, all right. I like I like the sound of that. I'll ask the first one. Mm-hmm. It says, do you and Mitch have the same taste in movies? No. No. <laughs> Should we clarify that? We can clarify it a little bit, yes. I feel like... I don't know. I Mitch mean- is into super, like, art-housey, oh. more... Like, he's into things that you really... 
I feel like you think about. They require some thinking. I, I like yeah, mindless shit. I like watching things to think about them. I, I don't. Yeah. But mostly I watch movies to have fun. If it's if I'm not laughing and having fun, I don't want to fucking watch it. Right. Whereas a lot of my favorite movies are distinctly. Sad, horrible stories. Yeah. Unfun. <laughs> Couldn't be me. But I th- I can't stop thinking about them, which is why they're my favorite. But well, anyway, that, that was meant to be quick fire. That so wasn't gonna... rapid. You, so you, it's a question about movies. How am I not meant to talk about it for <laughs> okay, like an sh- hour? Sh- um, next question. Favorite food? Fried chicken. You're vegan. I know. That's <laughs> <laughs> the thing I miss most. But, but vegan fried chicken is still really good. It so. is. Um, I don't actually have like a singular favorite food, but I'm going to say cuisine because that's the first thing that comes to my head. I like Indian food and like Thai food. Yes. Mostly Indian food. I like desi food. That's my culture. But yeah, that's my quick answer because I don't have a specific dish. Indian food is my favorite cuisine. Yeah. By far. Did you expect the podcast to grow as much as it did? No. 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 No way. Are you kidding me? I thought we would have like six listeners. <laughs> yes. I think when we uploaded the first episode, I was just like checking on it because uh, I was curious and it was like, I would have been happy if we got like 50 listeners within the first like I would have been week. ecstatic with 50 listeners. 50. 50 people. If you put 50 people in a room, that's a lot of people. Yeah, because like an Instagram post, like, well, that's not a commitment. You just scroll past it. You read half of it and then you double tap. Yeah. Listening to like an hour long episode. Like, like, what the fuck? Well- I was just shocked. I forget how many. Sorry, this, this is, is not the rapid, rapid fire. fire. Stop talking. Why did we save all the, the best questions for... for no, I'm, I feel I'm like joking. it's a yes or no question. Did no, I expect I didn't. the podcast to go? I didn't. And I didn't no. expect to get to, to 50 episodes. And I also thought that 50... We'd, we'd surely stop at 50. But yeah. I, don't, I don't see us stopping anytime. Yeah, so. like I... No, I didn't expect it to grow as much as it did. And I feel very flattered and very humbled that people care about what we think. And it'll never stop amazing me. And it'll never feel real, to be honest. It's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And our final, final rapid fire question, even though this rapid fire thing was like I'm a failure. I'm so sorry. That was all my fault. it was you that fault. suggested it. So I don't know why we did this. I like the idea of it. <laughs> yeah, clearly the idea and not the actual thing. <laughs> Would we do a meet and greet? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, when I think of meet and greets, well, firstly, what we think of like the the influencer shit, where it's like okay. fifty bucks. For- I was gonna say, like the first, when I think of a meet and greet, I think of like when you meet a celebrity and they're like sitting at that little desk and they sign a paper for yes. you and you pay like five hundred dollars, yes. and it's just like what? No, I think it's fucking weird to pay to see someone. I would. Ne- I can't see myself charging someone to hang out with me. That just feels weird. I'm thinking $100 for the meet and greet, <laughs> $30 for the autograph. No. $150 for a hug. <laughs> for a hu- to be fair, charging for a hug in this in these trying times, yeah. like that's fair enough. That's yeah, hugs are valuable in this COVID experience. But look, if we're talking about a far more chill version, like meet and greet just sounds so official. Would I like have a coffee with a listener? Yeah, we do that already. I've met a few listeners. Like we've bumped, people have run into me and I've talked to them and we've grabbed a coffee. Would we like hang out at like, I don't know, would we like go out together or like have a wholesome picnic free of charge? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, well, we could do like a picnic and, and say, show up if you want to. And if no one shows up, then, you know, you and I have a, <laughs> we have a, cute, a, have a cute picnic. And if, if one person shows up, we go to Trio. And if more do, then we, then we say hi. But that also stresses me out a bit. I, 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 I was going like, to say, I feel like I'd be more comfortable with that than you. Yes. But again, like the White House Wednesday where we met each other, I would do it nonetheless. You would do it and sit silently and listen to us talk for an I, hour. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Until you warmed up, which would happen eventually. I, no, no, no. I, I, I'd get into it. We'll see. Maybe we will do a meetup, you know, when COVID is a distant memory and we're not all stressed about it and I actually have time. But I think it's a cute idea. I think it's wholesome. I think we could have, like, a picnic. with Maybe I could put, like, a little post in the Facebook group. But, yeah, that seems nice. That's our final question for the night and we have been talking for fucking young for too long i thought this was it's actually be so short. late right now and i still have things to do tonight so i don't know what i'm gonna do about that but i enjoyed myself so i can't I it's been it. lovely yeah. let's fuck all the politics all that <laughs> silly shit let's, let's just make this like a, a chill hangout podcast yeah it's just like season chat. two no, no politics no politics just ask us about our day yeah. <laughs> that's the entire episode no, what i did I'm this kidding. week I'm get kidding. ready with me Oh, anyways, thanks for listening to Here's the Thing, though, the podcast with Sleeher and Mitch. It's been lovely. It's been lovely. Just everything. It's, <laughs> it's been lovely that you guys have joined us and you guys listen and we appreciate all the support. Yeah, we've had we, a big year and it's amazing. And we'll see you next year. See you in the new year. Refreshed, revitalized. I mean, let's hope so. Let's hope. Happy holidays to everyone and I hope you all have a great new year. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.